Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number four. After our usual segments of In the Kitchen and Movement Makeover, we will be discussing blood sugar regulation. If you would like to submit a question, please head over to realmomsreallife.com. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome, Andrea. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm good. I guess everybody's kind of getting this towards the end of January, but (laughs) we all like to stay a little ahead of the game here. Is there anything new? What are you into lately? Oh, God, just enjoying... Enjoying the new year, enjoying, you know, just having some relaxation time, um, minus my, my current state of pink eye, but uh, <laughs> other than that, no, I mean, everything's been good. We kind of just have been enjoying each other, enjoying the family, and enjoying a little celebrating, but we did um, East Coast New Year, since we're on the West Coast, and went to bed early. <laughs> How about you guys? Well, I'm a little bit jealous. I was thinking, I told my husband, I was like, I wish we lived in California or somewhere on the West Coast because then we could celebrate New Year's when I actually go to bed at night, 9 o'clock instead of midnight. Um, I don't think I've stayed up till midnight in at least six years. So, And my daughter's only three, so I, I value my sleep quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did just start today, I finished, I finished all of my Harry Potters, got through all seven. I... It took me about a month. Um, so I, I switched to a little bit of nonfiction. I'm listening to Brene Brown's Imp- uh, The Gifts of Imperfect Parenting. And uh, she was talking about shame versus guilt. And I am just, like, floored. Uh, I, I was thinking that it would be nice to have, like, a podcast about shame versus guilt. I know that that's something that we kind of wanted to talk about down the road. But it reignited my passion for it. So I felt... Oh my gosh. Love it. Yes, I love Brene Brown. Like she's my female crush. (laughs) I feel like I have a lot of those. I want to be your best friend. Like I'm. Yeah, I like constantly have her on in the car, and I'm listening to her different books. I have not listened to that one yet, though. That's definitely on my uh, list of ones for sure. Well, and it's only two and a half hours. Oh, oh my gosh! So it's like an easy one to just kind of mix in between I don't know compared to the 21 hour Harry Potter books I feel like I'm like oh I could get this done in like three days (laughs) for sure oh that's awesome all right so let's move on so since we're talking about blood sugar regulation today my in the kitchen tip for you guys especially you know as we're all towards the end of January everyone's trying to hold on to those new year's resolutions things like that I wanted to talk about cinnamon, vanilla, and cardamom. They are some of my favorite seasonings and spices because I feel as though that they make things sweet without any added sugar. So if you have a coffee in the morning and you're used to adding sugar to it, well, maybe try adding some cinnamon and vanilla and mixing it up and you might, depending on how much sugar you put in, you might not even miss it. So it adds kind of an extra treat. It adds that aura of being sweet which without actually adding sugar or a sugar related item. Yum. I love those. I use cinnamon and vanilla in my coffee pretty much every morning. I haven't tried cardamom. I might need to. Cardamom. I want to, a girl that I lived with in college used to, I guess it was Turkish coffee. Maybe Mm. I feel like 
it is even sweeter tasting than cinnamon where I, I cinnamon sort of has that um bite to it cardamom mm-hmm. doesn't and it's it's just it's an explosion of yummy flavor i i had cookies someone made cookies with it once i don't know i just i don't use it very often and like talking about it now i feel like i'm gonna go make myself a decaf coffee after this and add some cardamom to it um but yeah it's a it's it's not an inexpensive spice but you don't need a lot of it so it's it's a fairly pricey one but you don't need a a little goes a long way awesome yeah i'm gonna totally try that yeah i also put um while we're on the subject of coffee which i use oftentimes dandy blend yeah um yeah so i use Typically use that. Lately, I'll say I've been using a little more coffee just because we are dealing with a teething baby and just mm-hmm. I need a little bit of a pick-me-up. So I try to do like half a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, but I'll put in cocoa powder, just oh, a little yeah. bit of cocoa powder, and then like coconut milk. Um, I use the like the Aero D kind or Aeroy, A-R-R-O-Y-D, that you can get on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, the little boxes, it's like super creamy. So I'll like do that and then like shake it up in my mug because I'm too lazy to like do the hand blending stuff or blend it in a blender. Um, and it's super tasty. It's like a little mini latte. Yeah, I I I really enjoy making myself lattes and I do the same kind of thing. I, I just, it's not worth it for me to wash something else. So I make it into a travel mug that has a really good sealable lid and mm-hmm. shake it up. Yeah. My husband actually, what he'll do, and I started doing it, it's like I always kind of like laughed at him. I was like, oh, it's really smart. Is he, when we're like home on the weekends and stuff, he'll make it in his travel mug because it keeps it really hot. Mm -hmm. And then he pours like little bits into a mug because sometimes it's just really nice to drink out of like a normal mug. And so he kind of just like pours it through throughout the morning. And I was like, oh, that's really smart. Then it stays really warm and you get to drink a normal mug. Oh, I like that. (laughs) So yeah, I've been doing it recently. I'm like, oh, this is really nice. I I will add since we're talking about like coffees and teas and things. I recently got um the Vital Proteins matcha collagen powder and Ooh, it's yeah. fantastic. It's really like I just add a little bit of coconut milk and it's very satisfying cuz I don't I've never for the past just since we started trying to have our first kid, I really haven't had much caffeine, so I don't do a lot, but sometimes mm-hmm. um when it's 5 degrees out right now, a little caffeine is a really nice pick me up. So I've been enjoying that and I'm I haven't I'm I'm not sure how I feel about their 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 coconut milk creamers. I part of me just wants to put in coconut milk and collagen and call it a day rather than use like the vanilla creamer. It's not as it has no added sweetener, which is probably what I'm like looking for. Mm-hmm. Um but then you can kind of sweeten to taste if you, you know, if you okay. need that. But it does the vanilla flavor isn't as strong as I was hoping. I was wondering about that because I saw that because they have like a like a gingerbread mm-hmm. or like a yeah something okay yeah I haven't tried it it was it looked a little pricey for for like I already really enjoy my coffee so I'm like oh I don't need to wholesale add to it. wholesale accounts are great oh yeah I have one but <laughs> it's, it's even it's, it was it's more still like, up there all the things I could buy right now yeah. <laughs> Um, All right, let's move off of coffee and teas and get on to our movement makeover. What's our movement makeover this week? All right, so my movement makeover is getting down on the floor and playing with your kids. Um, It's really easy to kind of just watch them from when you're sitting at a table or, you know, maybe you're sitting on your phone or you're just sitting there on your couch. But really get down on the floor and play with them. Crawl around. If you have crawlers, they love it. They think it's hilarious. Um, 
challenge if you have older kids and they're not crawling. I mean, they older kids still love to crawl. So it's like challenge them to bear crawl races. Um, I remember I was with some other little kids at like a CrossFit class and they like loved the adults doing the bear crawls. Um, and we're joining in on that. And, um, if they're independently playing and you, you know, cause I'm a big advocate of independent play. So it's like, you don't need to be getting in their face. You can just sit there and do a stretch on the floor. Like I'll do my piriformis stretch or hamstring stretching then, um, or just holding a plank or do some supermans to hollows. So that's where you're lying on your stomach, lifting your arms and legs up in the air, squeezing your butt and then flip over onto your back and hold that hollow position using your abs and you can switch back and forth and it's really good um, ab workout and it's fun and they'll probably think it's funny too. Um, You could be doing a bird dog, so on all fours, lifting your leg and arm, opposite arm and leg out, keeping your core really nice and stable. So you can um, be doing that, pretending you're balancing like a glass of water on your back or you can even take a baby toy and put it on your back. or you can even be like a little table for them, you know, and uh, on all fours. So just, yeah, get down and play with them. And the more you're getting down on the floor, the more you have to get back up. And that in itself is um, a bit of a workout. So even challenge yourself when you're getting back up and down to not use your hands, if that's something you can safely do, and really make those legs work. So yeah, that's my tip. Those are great suggestions. And I definitely know that doing what my child did does exhaust me. There are times she can hold that perfect squat for an obscene amount of time. And I just, I sometimes I'll just take pictures of her. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing to take a picture of her. But I'm like, you're just, you're just sitting there in that full squat. Like nothing, nothing's happening. And it just, um, I, I, those suggestions are, are great. And, uh, I totally approve. Awesome. Glad to hear it. All right. So we have um, a bit of a big topic coming up that I think we're going to kind of continue on next week as well. We're going to be talking about blood sugar regulation. So um, there's a lot of information to go into this. We're going to kind of avoid the more technical nature of it and just sort of talk about some of how you know if your blood sugar might be dysregulated and, and how to how to work with it and how to support it. So Andrea, how about you start and tell us some signs and symptoms that you might struggle, how someone might know that they struggle with blood sugar dysregulation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the big ones is hanger that I like to address first. So you don't know what hanger is. That's when you're hungry and angry. And I used to be like the queen of hanger. My boyfriend in college would like keep granola bars at hand for me because he was like oh gosh like don't ever get to that point um so it's like if you have if you're like in that case where your family knows that you need to eat at certain times and they're like oh no she needs to eat like get her food like that's probably a sign you have blood sugar dysregulation (laughs) um you should be able to comfortably go between meals and you should feel hungry like have that feeling in your stomach that you're hungry but it shouldn't be this like terrible um, like shakiness, fatigue, like irritability that goes along with it. Um, so other signs are that you get like really brain foggy. You do have these energy crashes, like that 3 p.m. slump that a lot of people have needing coffee in the afternoon. That's a really big sign. Um, another big one that I think sometimes gets missed is actually having to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. 
So aside from any like pelvic floor issues, you know, there can be other things that lead to that, but definitely having to pee, get up and pee in the middle of the night is one. Um, and even just peeing frequently throughout the day is definitely one as well. If you feel like you have trouble, like going more than an hour, you know, without having to go to the bathroom, that can absolutely be a sign of one. So I think those are the big ones that people notice the most. Yeah, I think you definitely covered a good selection. I like that you brought up the um, the waking up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I think that even if you wake up in the middle of the night and don't necessarily have to go to the bathroom but have a hard time falling back to sleep, mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily just it's, – it's really the act of waking up and having to kind of do something in order to go back to sleep, whether it's go to the bathroom, get a snack or something – um, I, I, I definitely think that's something that people don't always associate with blood sugar dysregulation. I know a lot of people are aware of sort of long-term consequences like diabetes and, you know, maybe the people are associating heart disease with, with blood sugar a little bit more now, but I don't think people always recognize those early signs that, that being hangry in the middle of the day, or if you didn't have breakfast at the right time, isn't normal and, if you miss, if you get hungry and you are busy and you don't eat, getting shaky and crashing and lightheaded isn't normal. Those are kind of earlier signs of of blood sugar dysregulation, and it's before you get to those stages of of chronic disease and chronic inflammation. But there are still signs that we need to be aware of. One of the long term consequences that I just want to bring up, just because we're I'm kind of a mom's podcast is blood sugar and the endocrine function, which is our hormone system, are really directly related. So having difficulty with your blood sugar regulation, whether it's sugar crashes or craving sugar all the time and living off of, you know, what whatever it may be can actually lead to some, we'll call it... Um, Un- unexplained infertility, things like that, 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 that it doesn't, it may not cause it, but it doesn't necessarily help it either. So because it attacks those kind of same secondary systems that we, we use in those hormones. So I just wanted to, we're not going to talk too much about it, but just to bring that up, that how, how important it is to be aware of these symptoms. And if there's something that you want, you might want to kind of look into and do about it. Do you want to touch a little bit on what what can cause blood sugar dysregulation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there's a number of things, but I would say the most common things is just excessive carbohydrates and knowing that that can be even healthy carbohydrates, but even a history of that. So, you know, if you have a history of eating lots of like pasta, bread, crackers, sweets, of course, um, you know, any kind of candy or sweets there. Um, but even if you're eating like lots of fruit, sweet potatoes and those kinds of things, it can, if you're already kind of predisposed to it or have a history of eating the other kinds of, um, the more common carbs that we think about as like the quote unquote bad carbs, um, that can definitely lead to that. And I feel like I have quite a few clients who have been eating paleo for a few years and because they eat healthy, they're like, well, no, there's no way I can have it. But I really want to touch on, like, emphasize the history of eating those things can definitely impact your system over time. And if you haven't done anything specific to heal it, sometimes that can linger on for a while. Um, and the other big, big thing is lack of healthy fats. So if you're not 
you know, if you had a period of time where you're eating low fat or you're currently doing low fat or trying to avoid fats, uh, that can absolutely lead to it as well. And then the other big thing that we're going to talk more about next week is stress. So that can definitely play a huge role. Um, anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I wanted to just emphasize the importance of healthy fats um, because that's something for me that I feel impacted my life more that, yes, did I eat, rely on on carbs? Maybe more, maybe more than I should have, but really my my childhood, we had a lot of really well-rounded meals, but, you know, Time Magazine came out and told us that butter was bad and, and everyone should eat margarine. So so that was kind of our, our life for a while because that was the information that we had available. So I think that my blood sugar dysregulation issues that I that I had were more a result of not having healthy fats. So my body didn't know how to how to process them. And so maybe my not to get too technical, but you know, you don't eat healthy fats. Your gallbladder is what's supposed to help you break them down and it forgets how to do it if you're not eating them. So Getting that kind of jump started, this is we'll kind of transition on how to support it. Being able to get your gallbladder able to digest fat, your body able to digest fat, so that you can use it as a fuel source is the only way that you're going to be able to overcome this. And in order to do that, we have to overcome the idea that fat makes us fat. And well, who cares if we're fat if we feel good? So it's just it's. It's about kind of that's a, it was a hard thing for me to overcome was well adding adding all this fat to my diet it's just been ingrained in my whole life that this is not good for me and really that's what made me turn turn my how I felt around was by adding fat I didn't take much out in the beginning I just added fat mm-hmm. absolutely that's so important yeah fats are awesome that's gonna be a whole another topic that I could get into but yes like. <laughs> Definitely seen clients lose weight because they've added fat. So, like, fat is just awesome. But we will talk way more about that at another time. Yeah. So let's talk about knowing your baseline before you get started on any of these suggestions. Yeah. So I think something that's tricky about suggestions that, you know, you're, like, reading online for, you know, cures to whatever you're looking for is there – it's oftentimes it's not specific to, like, where, what is your starting point, okay? So – just, I guess, always keep that in mind with any of the suggestions we make in any of any of these podcasts or anything that you're reading. So for somebody who is eating a really, really low carb, you know, and they have been for years and they're exercising a lot and they have blood sugar dysregulation, chances are you're not like lowering your carbs is not the answer. Okay. So it's kind of like evaluating what are you doing and how is that working for you for what suggestions you're going to take. Um, if you are somebody who is, you know, eating the more typical thing, you're eating a lot of carbs throughout the day, then these suggestions will probably apply a little more readily to you. Um, I think for my clients, I really like to have a long-term goal of being able to go five or six hours easily between meals. If they need to, it doesn't mean you have to. Um, You're pretty comfortable skipping breakfast, not because you skip breakfast, but it's like you could if you wanted to. Um, Like you can basically have a long windows of fasting. Like you could fast for 12 to 16, 18 hours comfortably and not have it be an issue as a long-term thing. And the reason, again, I like to know baseline is – 
I have clients who can do that, who can fast and they skip breakfast and they oftentimes like they're, they're like the type who's too busy to eat and they are like, well, I can fast for that long. So therefore my blood sugar, you know, must be fine, but they have all the other signs of it. And, um, and then they kind of like tend to binge at night, like just cause you can fast doesn't mean your blood sugar regulation is good. If that makes sense. So it's like, if you have the symptoms, whatever you're doing probably isn't working. It's kind of switching it up from there is oftentimes the solution. Does that make sense? Is that, was that clear? Yes. <laughs> Let me know. Yes. It okay. was, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's that it's not one symptom or another symptom. It's a variety of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's, yeah, I, I think, yeah, at least that's what I, I think that you're saying is that, yes, one of the things that we might use as a good measure is how long can you fast, but the length of time you fast is not necessarily rule you in or rule you out for blood sugar dysregulation. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I forgot what I was going to say now. Go ahead. (laughs) That's okay. So (laughs) knowing, knowing where you're starting from is, is really important. So thinking about what your diet's like. So have you been low fat for years? Well, maybe the first step is not doing anything about your carbs. Maybe the first step is taking a look at the fat that you have in your diet. Are they healthy fats? So when we talk about healthy fats, we're talking avocado, whole whole milk, dairy products, olive oil, meats that have fat in them and coconut and nuts and seeds and just the gamut of things that you find in nature Unhealthy fats are those vegetable and seed oils. And the reason they're unhealthy is because they've been so highly processed that our body doesn't even recognize them as fat. It's a big conversation for another day, but I just want to kind of put that out there that, you know, butter is has a ton of healthy properties. It's antimicrobial. It gives you all that healthy fat and it makes your food taste good. So you might not need to eat as much if you have some good fat in it because you get sustainability from fat. Your body might not have it right away. You want to make sure when you're having meals with healthy fats that you chew very carefully, especially if it's not something that you've been used to. Pay attention to how you feel. You might want to see a practitioner to get supplemental support or kind of thinking about supporting your gallbladder with beets beet juice or something like that Um, again more of a detailed conversation for another day but that might be your first choice if you are on a low-fat diet if you feel like you get a fair amount of fat in your diet but you still love those carbs maybe that's when you start to choose which carbs you're eating pick your more complex carbohydrates rather than the simple ones maybe taking out you know, even honey and maple syrup, those simple sugar substitutes can really make big spikes. And paying attention to what carbs make you feel a certain way. I want to tell a brief story that I, I, I don't think I've told before, but maybe, <laughs> is uh, I was seeing a functional medicine doctor and we cut out eggs and that was like my go-to breakfast. So I didn't know always what to eat. And I was always eating chicken sausage or something like that every morning. And then, but I ran out. So I was like, well, let me make a smoothie. I'll put some protein powder in it. I, an hour after that smoothie, I was exhausted. I just, I didn't know what to do. I was like, what was it? You know, and thinking, well, it could have been the banana. It could have been the mango. could have been the berries. could have been the pro. So what I think it was, was just all of that 
high sugar fruit. Those, you know, that really ripe banana and those mangoes have a lot of sugar in them. And that made me crash, that mid-morning crash right away. So having a breakfast with little to no carbs in it, I think really changed my life. I eat, you know, at least 100 grams of carbs a day, if not more. It's important to get plenty of carbs in, but choosing when you eat them maybe more important than taking them out completely. Absolutely. I Yeah, that last point is almost like if I had to give a blanket recommendation to people, it's it's having a low-carb breakfast. Our bodies are most sensitive to the sugar, basically, first thing in the morning that spikes your insulin level, spikes your blood glucose level. Like you could eat the exact same meal in the morning and in the evening, and it would impact your blood sugar more in the morning. And that's just something that's well known. It's called the dawn phenomenon. It's well known in the scientific community. That's a documented thing that happens. So when you can have that, you know, breakfast that's full of healthy proteins and fats, uh, that's going to help regulate your blood sugar all day long, set you up for a really nice, stable blood sugar day. So for sure, I think that's such a good point. Yeah, yeah, it definitely it was one of those days and, and I read it somewhere and, and I, it hit me as well that when you realize that pancakes and waffles are no longer worth it, it's <laughs> it's not I mean, and it's not even it's not even the uh the gluten or it's like that that mm. that breakfast itself that yes, those couple bites might be good, but the rest of the day just isn't worth it anymore. But I do see people doing it for dinner, and it's like, you know what? Having those extra carbs a little bit in the evening, if your body tolerates it, then go for it. And I think the gluten thing was such a good point, too, because I feel like a lot of people, they'll make gluten-free pancakes, and a lot of those mixes or flours that you use that are gluten-free will spike your blood sugar even more than, like, a whole wheat flour would just because they're so, like, high on the glycemic scale. Um, there's, but you can definitely make some good pancakes. Like you don't have to completely rule out pancakes if you don't want to. Um, I have a recipe for like protein pancakes that I make. That's I use protein powder and a little bit of collagen and then like um, coconut flour. So they're fairly low glycemic. And if I really want to be avoiding sugar, I'll put peanut butter and cinnamon on them. And when I was eating butter, butter too, for sure. <laughs> butter is fantastic on them. So you can really keep them, like you can kind of skip the maple syrup and skip all that, and they're still super tasty and very low carb. Um, I have a recipe on my Instagram, so we can link to that for those. Um, and I will say, yeah. too, protein, and I don't know how you feel about them, but if you're someone that can can do gluten and, and that's fine for you and, and dairy, uh, my husband and my daughter will eat the Kodiak cakes, which they buy at Costco. We can buy well any grocery. Uh, most of our grocery stores all have it, and we also have them at Costco. And they're they're protein pancakes, and they're fairly clean, but they have whey protein in them, and mm. they are much more similar to a pancake than a lot of like the paleo pancakes that I've tried making that are all egg and banana or something like that, yeah. which end up being. Um, you know, you know, a little bit more flat, but they're definitely more pancake-like, and just the protein to carb ratio is a lot higher. And then adding, you know, a nice healthy nut butter to it instead of syrup can make can make a difference if you're looking for a treat, because I think it's important to treat yourself. Um, 
you just have to, like we talked about, oh gosh, was it last week already? The knowing, you know, being intuitive, knowing how, how you're going to feel afterwards and being okay with that and, and making that decision with knowledge because that's power. For sure. No, that's such a good point. Yeah. And I've always, it's funny cause I, I, I tend to, I definitely tend towards a sweet tooth for sure. <laughs> and, uh, in the mornings though, like for, I mean, years, even before, like I knew why, like I never wanted like the desserty type of breakfast because, it always just made me feel so crap and it didn't even sound good. You know, it just, my body's like, Ugh, no, I do, do not want pancakes first thing in the morning or syrup. So yeah, just kind of listening to that is, is great. I, I only very recently have gotten to the point where I've been like, no, I don't want that <laughs> delicious looking sweet world for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> but no, my whole life. Oh, I don't care that I'll feel like crap later. We'll blame it on something else. It had nothing to do with the terrible breakfast that I had. That's oh. me in the afternoon with anything else. <laughs> Sweet, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Those after, yeah. Yes, um, and... and uh-huh, go ahead. Oh, I just, I wanted to kind of say one final thing is that, that it's blood sugar, you know, working on blood sugar, it's not a one and done thing. It is mm-hmm. a never ending process because we are always inundated with, you know, when we go out to eat or go to someone's house, you you can only control what you eat so much. And I think that we'll talk about stress next week. I think the stress of it can make it worse. So knowing that you're working on it and that you're aware of it and that you're paying attention to these foods and how these foods make you feel and that there are long-term consequences is is so important and can really make make the difference. Absolutely. That's such a good point. Um, if you don't mind, I was going to make one more like kind of blanket again, recommendation. Absolutely. It would be just, so if you have that really nice high protein health, um, healthy fat breakfast, one, make sure you're paying attention to calorie content. Cause I think a lot of people will be like, okay, I had an egg and a piece of sausage. And it's like, okay, that's like 200 calories. Like it's not, you know what I mean? And then they get hungry really quickly afterwards. So make sure whatever you're eating for breakfast is high calorie too. Um, I mean, I aim for like anywhere from like, depending on when I know I'm going to eat next, just on my schedule, like four or 500 to like seven, 800 calories at breakfast. Um, so just make sure that's not a reason why you're getting hungry and then try to see if you can go to lunchtime without having a snack. And then same thing, um, trying to go between lunch and dinner without a snack. Usually, though, if you're splitting that up, like if you're going to three meals per day, um, depending on your work schedule, what it is, you might have a time where you might like I know some people will be like, well, I, you know, you have to eat lunch at 12 and don't have dinner until like 7, 730. Well, in that case, like have a snack in the middle. Cause that's a really long time to be going without food, but, um, try to make sure your snacks are really low carb as well. So that's where like a handful of nuts or vegetables with hummus, uh, something like that can be really good. And if you are having the symptoms, like you do feel shaky and irritable, that's when you do want to eat something. But again, try to keep it low carb just enough that it is taking off your symptoms. So you're not, you know, a miserable person to be around, but, um, you know, it's like almost trying to like wean yourself off that need for carbs. Like you're trying to teach your body basically to use any fat stores it has and turn those into uh, glucose for your system versus having to rely on an outside source. 
That's perfect. Uh, one of the things that I heard once is that you generally, on average, of like a well-rounded meal, we're not talking an all-carb like a pancake breakfast, you burn mm-hmm. through about 100 calories per hour. So sort of that's the idea that, you know, we're looking at a 2,400 2, calories a day. You get 100 calories per hour that, on average, that you're using. You're going to be using more during the day and at night, which is why we can generally, you know, some of us can sleep through the night. But... Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a 200 calorie breakfast at 6 a.m. and you wonder why you're hungry at 8:30, well, that's mm-hmm. why. So that yeah. I think that that's a great point. Let's wrap up and switch over to our me time segment. And how are you taking care of yourself this week? I am giving myself lots of grace. <laughs> I had really, you know, big aspirations for oh, it's a new year, like get started on all this stuff and. You know, yeah, like I said, I have a teething baby right now. We've been up every hour, I think, for like the past, it feels like for the past like three weeks or a month or so. Like just sleep has not been good. I think that's why I'm sick and have pink eye. You know what I mean? My immune system is just like shot. So I'm just, yeah, just really trying to give myself grace for all that and being like, first of all, you don't have to wait for the new year to start anything. You can start anything at any time you want. So that's okay that I'm not you know, didn't have the house perfectly cleared and get rid of all my clutter and stuff like I usually like to do. Um, but I have been really good about my affirmations and that's a huge win for me. So yeah. How about you? I have not exercised in about, I don't know, three months and I, and I have no problems with it. This is not like, I don't, I don't regret not exercise. I mean, I'm doing my, my, I have this standard back exercises that I do a couple times a week that take me maybe five to 10 minutes. But, um, you know, I haven't, we have a home gym and I haven't gone to the gym and that's okay. And I have no problem with that, but I want to start going again. So today I started that process. I've decided that I want to do, get back into yoga. So I was looking at yoga studios in the area that had various yoga. So my goal is by the time we record next that I will have at least chosen a yoga studio to try. And then by two weeks that I've gone because I also give myself grace and I know that there's a certain point where, well, and, and if I, and if I haven't actually gone yet, well then maybe I'll use my down dog yoga app for like two 30 minute sessions because that's easy to do and free. But, um, so that's, that's my plan is that I'm ready. And, and it's, I don't, I don't tend to do great with new year's resolutions. Um, my dog just joined us. Um, so, and, and I, you know, it's, I, I like I always strive to be to making things better. So that's kind of my whole life resolutions. I doesn't I don't need January first to, to change that, but it's sort of a new season and now that I'm I'm just my energy levels are peaking a little bit, so I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to do this. So that's what that's my plan. Awesome. And if you need another free yoga resource, have you ever heard of yoga with Adrian on YouTube? Uh I have. I have heard of I haven't done it before, but I love her. I did one of her videos yesterday. Uh, She's just like super cute and fun and like has all, I don't know, she's super, I love her. And they're like, just, there's a lot to choose from. And yeah, so if anyone needs a free yoga stuff or free resource, she's great. I have such a list of things to put in the show notes this this episode. (laughs) I was going to, as I'm going to say, I'm going to have you put one more thing in the show notes. I am, I do have a Facebook group now and it started with um, through Christmas. I was just taking people through and kind of trying to have 
Sanity Through the Season is what it was called. I'm going to end up changing the name uh, soon just to to fit with the season being over. <laughs> but so I don't know what the name's going to be yet. But really, if anyone wants uh, support with kind of what you're talking about, like not having to start have resolutions at New Year's, just this constant trying to be the best version of yourself and feel good, um, then you can definitely join my Facebook group. So we'll look, link to that. Perfect. You know, and, you, uh, could, you could keep it as sanity through the season, but instead of being the holiday season, can be like the season of motherhood or something, the season of life. I like that, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so not good with names. So, <laughs> so you stick the same one, right? <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we'll be continuing our discussion by talking about the connection between stress and blood sugar regulation. Follow us on social media for calls for questions. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. For more from me, Beth, head on over to feetsofrealeats.com. For special updates that you don't get anywhere else, subscribe to my email list. You can find Andrea at www.lifelibertyhealth.com. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.